0: Some information in this podcast may be triggering to some. Information and opinions in this podcast are those of the individual only. If you feel the need to, please seek medical advice from a healthcare professional. Hi guys, welcome to the podcast. Lifestyle and Mindfulness with Laura. The podcast is about all things lifestyle, all things mindfulness. And you can find us on our Instagram at lifestyle.mindfulnesswithlaura. We release a podcast weekly found on most podcast streaming services, such as Spotify, Google, Apple, and many more. You can find the link to the podcast through the bio on our Instagram So, feel free to head on over there and check out all of our other episodes. This podcast supports equality, diversity, and inclusion for all walks of life. Enjoy. So, Nikki, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. I'm
1: actually so excited to be here. I've never been on a podcast before. So.
0: <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. I mean, I've never created a podcast before until very recently. So we can both be in this together then.
1: <laughs> yes. First time. Pop that cherry. There we go. That's what I was trying
0: <laughs> <to do. laughs> there are a lot of like first times I think everyone's experiencing during lockdown stage four in Melbourne and the pandemic in general. I know that some people are probably the most fit they've ever been in their lives because they all have time to exercise now, which is great. (laughs) You and I had a conversation prior to this podcast about what we wanted to speak about and what you're passionate about. Um, And um, we came up with a few topics which were based around mental health, personal development, and emotions. And um, in terms of these things, Uh, just a quick little preface both Nikki and myself we aren't qualified trained healthcare professionals but we do have a lot of our own personal experiences within the healthcare system uh, with our own mental health um, family history uh, etc so and uh, Nikki and I have been friends and have known each other since year seven in high school so we're both in our late 20s Approaching 30 now. So it's been a long time um, Throughout the years where we've been in contact and then not in contact and giving each other that um, You know wiggle room with a friendship as well of just instant forgiveness when you see each other and reconnect again it's like, oh my god, I love you and I've missed you and tell me everything so Absolutely Yeah, so um, Nikki tell us about uh You know, why is normalising mental health so important? And also, why is it so important to you personally?
1: Um, I think, I mean, that's a massive question. I, mental health's important to me for my own, for my own reasons and my own journey. As Laura touched on, um, you know, I've had experience in mental health, not working, but actually, um, I don't want to say suffering. Suffering's definitely the wrong word, but... um, (laughs) experiencing mental health challenges in my life yeah um and I've also had a suicide from someone really close to me um who had mental health issues and they didn't come to light so until afterwards and it's the type of thing where I go I know that the generation before us and even our grandparents generation you know it was very much all about um your reputation and your persona you presented to the rest of the world whereas and we are seeing that you know it actually has a really negative effect on mental health and the more that we talk about it the more that we normalize it the more that we can go hey it's actually okay to not be okay um and especially obviously in light of are you okay day um last thursday and i want to just quickly um mention i was having a conversation with a girlfriend and Both of us have the attitude with Are You Okay Day that there's a lot of advertisement about it, which is amazing Mm -hmm. um, to say, check in and say, are you okay? But I also want to make sure that people know that just because you ask someone, are you okay, does not mean you need to take on their problems and solve it. And there's actually a four-step process with um, the Are You Okay Day. So obviously ask someone if they're okay. Um, But then you actually, and then you listen without judgment. And Mm -hmm. obviously if you get involved with your emotions and you go, Oh my goodness, that's so, that's so bad. I'm so sorry for you. And all this, like you just get drawn into the drama of it. Mm -hmm. The person who's having mental health issues doesn't necessarily, it's not helpful, um, but it also affects you personally in that, um, in that. So it's the second step is to listen without um, judgment. The third step is to encourage action. And I think Mm -hmm. that's a really undermine, not undermine, sorry, but admit, a a step that isn't shared enough that you're encouraging someone to take action. And that's part of normalizing mental health. Like there's professionals out there, Mm. they can support you as you need. And unfortunately, like I know that I grew up in, and especially when you go through high school, it's just like you tell all your friends, all your issues and they become your counselors. But the thing is they've got no, uh, they've got no extra experience that you don't. So you're muddling through life together.
0: Like go find someone with experience who can actually like give you some expert advice. So um, true. I would like to interject there and just add on to the, are you okay? And um, with people with um, going through something that's tough or they have a mental health issue in the moment and they need you to just listen. Um, off, uh, even, you know, um we're not taught how to listen. Like We're not taught active listening and what that is. Um, We're not taught um, how to mirror somebody and make sure that they feel as though they listen. So perfect example is to repeat back what the person just said to you, and then it registers in the person's brain, they heard what I said, because they're then able to recall it through words themselves. I personally am someone I have a huge amount of empathy as a human and I've taken that on as in like all humans need empathy. And so the way that I've taken on even in the early days of high school, probably around year seven when you and I first met probably, um, <laughs> right around that sort of middle school age where socializing is probably the biggest thing in your life at, as a year seven person, um, child essentially. Um but what I took on socially was actually validating people. Like, we all want to be validated. We all want to feel heard. We all want to feel seen. And so I took that on as a tool to really just press that really hard with people to make them feel seen and make them feel heard. And, I, you know, and along with that comes a lot of large exaggeration. So like you mentioned with students and friends of yours, when they're, uh, your friends become your counsellor, or your counselors when you're younger, but they don't know what they're doing either, Um, how to process the information and give you guidance. Um, Yeah, give you the correct guidance back to you. Um, Yeah, I would typically take on the exaggeration role. So if you came to me, Nikki, and you're like, oh, you know, yeah, so I've got a bit of news, you know, this exciting thing happened, I'd be like, Oh my god, that's amazing. Like I kind of like take it and run with it to be like showering you with all that stuff that you will probably want to feel okay to then boast about. And then probably the opposite too, like if you come to me and you're like, Hey, I'm going through this really thing, I'm just like I tend to less exaggerate the negative. <laughs> but I but coming to that person and like mirroring back to them that, you know, you're not you're not like crazy, for lack of a better term, to feel this way. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. But we're ultimately not trained on how to do these things properly. And in terms of you saying, you know, you encourage others to take action, probably for a lot of people with mental health issues, they struggle to bridge the gap of motivation from feeling a feeling a really strong emotion, say like depression, and then needing to take action to To go do the thing, to find the yep. counsellor, to get help. And I think there's a gap. There's, a, there's almost like a lack of a job description out there or there is a job out there and I just don't know about it. But um, someone needs to kind of step in, take the hand of that individual and say, let me help show you the kind of people that can help you. Um, it's really, it can be very stressful for someone, say, dealing with depression to then even just the thought of opening the laptop can be really, really overwhelming. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. What do you think about that? Um, I think that
1: there's, it is especially scary because there's so many options out there like if you make the decision that you're going to go and see a therapist or a psychiatrist psychologist psychiatrist counselor whatever floats your boat even then there's four different types of jobs there
0: mm. and
1: then that's not even to mention the myriad of options you've got around you like how do you choose how do you decide and especially if you are depressed it can be really overwhelming um and so i think in terms of the taking action like, I know that if someone came to me, so for example, you, Laura, and just said, look, I'm feeling these way, this way, this is how I'm thinking, this is what's going on for me, I'm really overwhelmed, I'm feeling really down and depressed, I'd say, okay, A, how, how can I support you? What do you need from me? Mm-hmm. So it's not me projecting onto you how I can help you, yeah. it's me understanding how I can support you and what you need, because everybody needs different things at different times.
0: Yeah, Totally.
1: And if then you said, I want to take action, I want to see someone, but I don't know when to start. At that point, I would say, and I've had this conversation with um, friends before, is great. Let's start at, um," and I've just had a complete mental block. There's this organization called Headspace. There we go. Um, Uh, Yes, Headspace.
0: I've heard of Headspace.
1: Yeah. And, you know, and I'm not advertising for them or anything like that, but they're actually just a great starting place. Yeah. Um, and then, or starting at EGP. So it's, you can actually, as, as a friend or, you know, someone who's, if that person has trusted you enough to come to you and say, Hey, I'm not doing okay.
0: Mm. You
1: can actually facilitate help and be the person that holds their hand. Yeah. Um, by the same token, they might just need someone to listen to. And as mm. you were talking about before, Laura, um, a lot of us don't listen. It's, you know, we don't active listen. We, yeah. You know we're fixing people no we're not fixing people but we want to fix the the problem and or we want to relate it to ourselves so you're telling me this story i'm like oh yeah i had something similar happen to me and it's just yeah. like that's actually relevant It's not about you shut up um
0: <laughs> i'm completely guilty of that and that that comes from my own mental state of trying to validate the other person but it's actually not helpful <laughs>
1: Well, I mean sometimes you're welcome to be excited for me anytime you like <laughs> but yeah it's that kind of thing of going just listen and you know be there for that person and a lot of the times, especially when you're in that funk you know that there's strategies there but you're just not in the space to take those strategies on and sometimes and I mean we, it depression can look like a whole different like um host of things
0: mm.
1: but sometimes you just need someone to listen. So there's there's a little bit of responsibility on the person who's, you know, going through difficulty to know not necessarily what they need right now, um, but to know what what actually will help them. So do they need actual support? Do they need someone to listen? Do they just need company? Because I know when I was in the worst of my depression, the only thing I wanted was for people to be in the same space as me. I didn't want them to talk to me, mm. but I needed them to be in the same space as me to have their presence nearby occasionally to make me a cup of tea, to yeah. sit and watch binge, watch copious amounts of friends and how I met your mother <laughs> and all those type of things. And to poke me every three days to make sure I wasn't dead on the couch.
0: Like, <laughs> <laughs> And maybe ask you, have you showered today?
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly.
0: Um, You know, and that's
1: when I was in my darkest spot, that was what, I mean, I was fortunate enough to live with some housemates who were amazing and that's what they did. And then when I was ready, I went and sought help and, you Mm -hmm. know, that was over five, six years ago. And in all honesty, um, I'm a big believer that everybody should go to therapy at some stage in their life. Like we've all got trauma. We've all got problems. We've all got... Shit that's happened. Yeah. And you know, it it's just about going to someone who's more expert in that field and them giving you the tools. And I suppose for me as well, I mean, from that, there came a whole host of personal development that came with my therapy. So I worked so much on myself and I began to see what traps that I was in my like my personality traps and my traps and my behavior traps and you know, where my boundaries were, where my boundaries weren't, what I needed to work uh, on to make myself like, I don't want to say a better person. Cause I wasn't a bad person, obviously. Yeah. It was just about growing as a person to, you know, get to the next stage of my growth and to become more personally developed basically. Um, yeah. and it's still, I'm still growing there. Like I'm not a personally developed person. Um, <laughs> But I've definitely come a whole long, like a massive way compared Mm. to, you know, 10 years ago.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. That's so good. And it really is a journey and everyone hates that word journey because it's so (laughs) cheesy and it's been used on like, you know, The Biggest Loser on reality TV. Like it's a journey. But it's cliche and cheesy because it's true. Yeah. Um, And, you know, in terms of like, you know, you mentioned that you weren't you you didn't want to say to become a better person because you weren't a bad person to begin with. I think that's a really huge massive point that we need to drive home there because I think the the self-help world and the wellness world, you know, the world of yoga, the world of um, uh, just self-development is a huge umbrella. There's so much under that term self-development or self-improvement, self-help, those sorts of things. it's very easy to fall into the trap of perfectionism Yeah, because trying to be the perfect person trying to be the best version of yourself can unfortunately probably the flip side to that is that you don't feel like you're good enough in the first place um which can fuel a lot of negativity and a lot of self-worth issues and self-esteem issues and um you know, you book that seminar, you spend that money, you go to that um, coach or psychic or yoga retreat or whatever. Um, but it's being able to implement the tools that you've taken along the way and putting them into your daily life.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I think that's a really good point is that there's self help everywhere and going, if you do this, you will feel this or you will be better. And it's just like, well, There's nothing wrong with you in the first place. Totally. You are an amazing human being. The fact that you're alive
0: is a miracle. (laughs) (laughs) Like in this time and space, you know, the chances that we were all conceived in the same moment to be even you and I having this conversation right now um, sharing a human experience together like, but the miracle of that in the grand scheme of the big bang and like life and uh, evolution, like when you boil it down, you can be like, you know what? I am pretty grateful. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think gratitude is a huge thing. Um, you know, it's, I know for me personally, gratitude's a big buzzword at the moment. I'm hearing it everywhere.
0: Oh God. And- yeah. Especially during this time, you know, the, the simple act of going for a social distance walk with a friend I've done a couple of those now and and we tend to say to each other, so how you been? And it's like, well, there's no news really. So we're actually all forced to talk about our mental health, but really show up for each other in a, in a vulnerable way. But at the same time, vulnerability seems to be the biggest savior right now where no one, no one really cares what we look like. Everyone's hair has grown out, especially the men. You know, <laughs> we've all we've all basically given up on how we appear to the outside world because we we're all in the same boat right now, um, and I think it's really brought a beautiful kind of vulnerability to those interactions as well because it's just like I really don't care what you look like. It's like I just I've missed you in person, um, speaking to you and. Um, Sharing back and forth, and it's it's actually the person that you miss, not so much worrying about is their hair cut perfect. Um, we're all looking a little scruffy around the edges, but that we all just still simply love each other and appreciate each other, and I think that's like one of the biggest sort of beautiful things that has come from this situation with with the world right now.
1: Nick and me, like you know, the cheesy over like over cheesiness person in part of me goes oh I just want to be sick every time I hear the word gratitude because it's just <laughs> so overused. but and I will say but it's amazing for your mindset it's like such a such, great
0: tool <laughs>
1: it's such a great tool and I mean I hate saying that because everybody says that and it just sounds so cheesy and overused but it's amazing for your mental health, your mindset, your perception um, mm-hmm. of yourself and of the world around you. And especially during these COVID times, I know so many people who have turned to gratitude to help get them through this time. Um, and but, so it's yeah. something that I, you know, I don't refer to enough in all honesty, but it's something that I try really hard to in- incorporate into my life, especially when I'm finding someone really, just someone, <laughs> something very challenging. <laughs>
0: Um, or someone could be challenging too, and you've yes. got to come back to take a breath, stop, take a beat, and what are you grateful about that person? Because yeah, we're often triggered by people just as much as circumstances. So, absolutely, absolutely. But in terms of the gratitude, um, when you said it sounds so cheesy, but it helps so much, I think the reason why we jump to those sort of cynical thoughts so quickly is. It's one of those things where you have to experience it to understand it. So um, rather than just judging it straight away and being like, what is all this gratitude crap (laughs) being thrown at us? And, um, you know, it's even into the mainstream wellness world. It's not woohoo anymore. It's like backed up by science and all all that kind of legitimate stuff. So um, anyone listening, if you've never tried it, It's just, you can even just start off like bullet journaling. So maybe like think of five, like three to five dot points of what are you grateful for? And just going back to saying what you said, Nikki, how gratitude is being this buzzword. I think often as well, our minds can shut down to certain words. So I've started reframing words to wake my mind up because gratitude is it's, it's been used so much that my brain doesn't know what that feels like in my body. So I've actually been using the word appreciation. So what do you appreciate in your life? Um, another way to reframe gratitude is, uh, what, what is the sort of beauty that you can see in your life? And it doesn't have to be beauty visually like a flower or something, although it can. Um, but it can also be just what do you find something that feels beautiful to you? Like a gesture someone does, like a friend who might buy you a coffee or, um, I don't know, your favorite mug at home because we're all at home drinking tea and coffee. And you you can have like appreciation and beauty towards an inanimate object because if it brings you joy, that's that's what you're trying to gain out of the exercise. So it is very much an experiential exercise so don't knock it before you try
1: it absolutely and I think it's looking positively at what's around you and I think a lot of people like um I'm a teacher and so I do a gratitude exercise with my kids a lot especially during this COVID time and the one thing I get a lot, I'm grateful for my family. I'm grateful for to have a roof over my head, to have food, to have clean water. And it's really beautiful that they're aware of how lucky we are in this country right now. And I'm not taking that away. Mm. But there's little things in our life that I think go by the wayside. So at the moment, I am... Um, something positive with my life is the fact that i'm sitting on this super comfy couch and i love this couch it is like my favorite couch in the world it's got high arms yes. i feel all snug oh. so it's like this is i mean as you say loving inanimate objects but i but really it gives enjoy you that
0: experience right though doesn't it like it makes you feel comfortable
1: Absolutely. And when I reflect on that and go, wow, I really enjoy sitting on this couch at that point, I can go, actually, I've had some really mindful times. I've had this really peaceful time or enjoyed time. I've got to binge watch Lucifer at the moment um, on this couch. And it's just drawing your attention back to what's happening positively in your life at the moment. Mm -hmm. I think i read something ages and ages ago. I'm pretty sure it was actually in a fiction book. Um, And the main character was just like, oh, this has been such a bad day. It's been such a crap day. And the other person, like the person who the character was talking to goes, no, it's been a bad two hours. We had an amazing morning. We went and had this experience in the morning. We had this experience in the afternoon. Then something bad happened. Yeah. And it's been about two hours and now it's over. And That's, I think yeah. we get that all the time. It's just like, oh, something bad happened. It's been a bad day. No, it hasn't. It's been a bad moment in time. Mm. But, and coming back to that gratitude, appreciation, positivity, whatever you want to call it, and please do call it whatever you like. Mm. It just reminds you of the fact that there has been good in, you know, the bad we can actually yeah, COVID sucks. We all know that. Yeah. But what can we get at? What can we re- think out of that? That's positive. What can we, you know, retrain our minds to? So we're actually looking to see the good in people because what we see and the energy we project is how other people perceive us and interact with us so if we're constantly looking for the positive and actually expressing the positive we therefore convey that positivity to other people and let's face it we are all drawn to positive people nobody likes being around negative nancy
0: Sorry, uh, Nancy. it's so so <laughs> true it's so true um Yeah, for sure. Like we we feel so much more energised around those that you can enjoy um, their energy and it's a back and forth interaction, whether it's like laughing, sense of humour, just sharing. I think as human beings, we have this nature that we want to share and we want to share experiences. And um,
1: Yeah, absolutely. Look, I'm not going to lie, the amount of times... This is one of the first days I've gotten out of pyjama pants. (laughs)
0: you
1: you're totally fine i mean admittedly i do get out of my pajama pants to go for a walk because i do do my exercise um for and honestly the only reason i go for my exercise walks is for my mental health because otherwise i'm locked up inside and i start going crazy especially because i'm staring at a screen all day and i'm just like Mm -hmm. my brain just explodes um and not in a fun way so i you know go for a walk to actually get out of the house um (laughs) But, yeah, I think the neighbours are so used to seeing me my, like, my purple pyjama pants and, and, like, a nice top because, you know, you've got the Zoom, you've got the Zoom meeting, you want to be in a nice top and then nobody sees what's underneath. Actually, I'll tell you a fun story and I know, sorry, completely off the subject. No, not at all. Um, I, um, as I said, wear pajama pants and I wear them to my teaching because nobody sees them and I feel really bad if any of my kids or parents actually- um, So quickly to- <laughs> explain
0: to the listeners exactly, I was going to introduce you earlier, but we can just touch on it quickly now, but just tell us what, what you actually do. What do you do for work?
1: I am a primary school teacher and I teach third grade, so um, you're yeah, eight and nine-year-olds. Um, so yeah, it's been very interesting. I know that there's parents who have had the, um, been doing remote learning and having to take on the teacher role. And I've been on the opposite end trying to come up with tasks that children can do independently relatively, but still be learning. Um, so yeah, that's what I do. But, um, so as I said, I either sit at my desk or I sit in my chair and you can only see the top half of me, you can't see the bottom half, so it's fine. (laughs) anyway, I was helping a child with their maths today and they weren't getting it. So I've got a whiteboard in my study. So I picked up the, um, the laptop and went to the whiteboard. So, you know, we could draw it out. And I've realized that they can all see me standing there in my pajama pants. And I was just
0: like, Oh, Oh, there goes my my credibility. Um, (laughs) You know what? You would definitely not be the first person to be doing their job over zoom and to be Accidentally caught out by maybe you're like one second and you need to go to the bathroom and in the middle of standing up they see that you got no pants on just your undies or something. <laughs> um, Look, I've always
1: worn pants. I must admit, I've always worn pants to my Zoom calls. They're just most of the time pajama pants.
0: I'm not gonna lie, like I came in from uh, doing a bit of a walk run before. And I wanted to be comfortable to sit down for the podcast. So I, uh, I'm not wearing any pants, but I have a blanket over my legs. <laughs> <laughs> and by the way, I'm not going to edit that out. Because <laughs> I think the comic <laughs> relief is just as important. <laughs> um, but there you are.
1: I am talking to Laura No Pants at the moment. <laughs> and there's our candidness. I'm going. Leave you all yep. without image.
0: <laughs> 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 but you know, this is all about taking care of your mental health and I wanted to make sure I could concentrate on you, Nikki, while we did the <laughs> while we did the yeah. Zoom. <laughs>
1: actively listen to me and what is it you're also um being vulnerable by sharing this with
0: our listeners at the moment so <laughs> it all comes together exactly you know we all just want to feel a, a little bit of relatability right now especially <laughs> um you know uh, podcasts are an amazing tool um just to feel that extra bit connected to the outside world and hearing people's voices i find really helps me to like just um, talking and different personalities in your headphones or wherever you are listening, it just can really make you feel that that bit more connected, which is really nice. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so I wanted to move on to, um, in terms of normalising mental health, um, and we touched on a little bit about stigma. Um, you know, there, there are probably some individuals out there that tend to... Um, either judge themselves really harshly and then in terms of looking at the self-development world or the wellness world um, can tend to sort of judge that a little bit too. So um, projecting stigma onto being like, oh, self-development, self-improvement, like You know, I don't need that and being so dismissive. And like you mentioned earlier as well, like you believe that everyone should go to therapy at least once in their life. Um, We all do have our stuff that we can unpack. Um, And I, I really wanted to give a round of applause during that time. When you mentioned it, I wanted, but well, I, I really did my best to active listen and to not interrupt you. But I did just want to be like, woo! I completely agree. I reckon every single person should definitely go to therapy. And I wanted to, I wanted to really press towards the point of, you know, if you do want to explore therapists and one-on-one sessions with people, like it's all about resonating with the right therapist and to not give up. On finding the right one for you Um, but do you have any advice for anyone who has a bit of stigma against the self-development world as an industry and also they're avoiding their own self-development themselves
1: um so I think there's a like it's important to differentiate between personal development and mental health I think they do come in together but they're not necessarily well they're not the same thing Um, I just quickly want to go back to um, the importance of finding someone good. And, um,
0: you know, I wasn't the right
1: therapist. Yeah. The right therapist. Yeah. Sorry. That's what I mean. Um, (laughs) That's okay. I just
0: have to clarify. So people know what we're (laughs) talking about.
1: (laughs) And like, you know, I'm going to be completely vulnerable here because I know I'm not a completely messed up person. Um, But for anyone listening, you don't know me. So hopefully you don't judge me too much. Um, you know, we had challenges in our family growing up and I, um, for various reasons, some academics, some other reasons, you know, went to a myriad of um, therapists when I was growing up. And I mean, I honestly can't count how many I saw and I became really disenchanted by it, especially the ones who were just like, so how do you feel about that? Why do you think that? And I'm like, just, just no, just stop. Um, and you know, it works for some people, but it really didn't work for me. And I became really, really jaded against, um, any type of therapy, um, to the point that mum at one stage, when I was like going downhill, mum suggested it. And I was just like, I don't want people telling me, how do you think, what do you think about that? I'm like, just blow off, like seriously. Um, and it was literally, but through that experience, I very clearly learned what doesn't work for me. And I can tell you the people, the people who, you know, there's a, um, a a strategy of going, you know, people, human beings are uncomfortable in silence. So if you sit there in silence off for long enough, generally the other person will sit there and will start a conversation. I've had a therapist use that strategy on me. It doesn't work. We just waste $150.
0: Yeah. Um, (laughs) It sounds like a waste of money. Really? if You're just sitting there being like, all right, where do we begin? Yeah. Um, And so for
1: me, I learned, as I said, I learned very quick, not very quickly, it took me a while, but I learned what doesn't work for me. And so when I was eventually old enough, mature enough, and realized that I do need help, and I went and sought um, professional help, Mm -hmm. I was actually able to communicate and just say, hey, just so you know, this strategy, this strategy, this strategy, and this strategy don't work for me, this is what I need from someone. It is okay if you don't work like that. But I just
0: want to, you know, be clear from the get go. And, and that all really does take quite a significant amount of time to like uh, trial and error, like approximately how long, I mean you sound as if you started off really quite young, a lot of people might be coming to their own mental health more as an adult, but um, how long roughly did you feel like like you finally came to those conclusions with knowing those strategies that didn't work for you?
1: Um. I would say I was in year 12 and I was seeing someone and it just was not working. So even when I was 18, I think I was about 22 when I was finally able to do that. I think the key part of that is. And you're like 29 now. Is that right? Yeah, I'm 29. Yeah. Okay. So the key part of that I think is having um, awareness about your, the way you operate as a person. So You know, some people I need actually someone who's brutally honest, doesn't beat around the bush and can like, you know, have a bit of a banter like a person. Now, they're not my friend and I totally understand that, but there's a little bit more rapport there because that's what I need. Whereas I know someone who very close to me who needs someone incredibly gentle, incredibly probing, you know, just ask a lot of questions oh my goodness, I'd go mental if that was, you know, the strategy used for me. So it's a, I think it's a cool. bit about self-awareness about how you operate as a person and mm-hmm. what brings out, what strategies bring the best out of you in terms of conversation and opening up vulnerability-wise. Yeah. Um, that way I think it can shortcut a lot and then it's a very expensive way to, you know, you do need to shop around. It is expensive to shop around, but it is really important. Um, and I think by having that awareness, you know, even when you make the phone call, actually calling them up and just saying, Hey, what strategies do you use? This is how I operate. Do you think it would be a good fit?
0: Wow. See, that's, and- that's some, um, really amount, uh, amazing and like powerful information to actually just do over the phone. Like I'm having a bit of an aha moment now myself, just being like, Oh, wow. You know, I never really thought of doing that i've taken the chance and tried different therapists and booked in with them and given them my money um and i i will just say as well you know and you might relate to this too actually no you will relate to this because you just said this before (laughs) but um you know i have seen therapists that i don't resonate with and that i walk away from feeling a little bit empty inside or like, oh, that session wasn't very constructive at all. And you do kind of feel like at times you waste your money. But those experiences did help me realize what didn't work. Um, and I think you constantly refine it as well. Like you might have a therapist right now that you, they're perfect for you right now in your journey, but you may need to, you might sort of like outgrow them and then you need something else from someone else.
1: Yep. Yeah. A hundred percent. And I've been there as well. You know, I had a therapist. She was exactly what I needed at that time. She's amazing. I've now done a lot of work on myself, both, um, you know, personally developing um, within therapy, like working on myself. And also I've gone into the um, personal development world with a lot of wellness, mindfulness and mindset. And we've started to go down two different paths and am starting to grow away from them and like it's a really interesting um I suppose place to be because there's almost this feeling of loyalty there but at yeah. the same time it's completely okay to go wow you've been in my life for a season you've taught me some amazing things and yes. now this is what I need and somebody else can give me what I need I was actually living totally listening true. to a podcast a little while ago And she was talking about, the lady who I was listening to was talking about um, this friend that she'd grown apart from and this friend had certain values in life and her values had differed and she was reflecting and saying, I don't need to change myself to be this friend. There is someone in this world who is much better off as a friend for this person. That's not to say I'm not going to be their friend but there's someone there better suited to be their, um, you know, best buddy for lack of a better term in life while I pursue something else. And I think there's real um, truth in that of going, you know, we help each other, we're in each other's lives for, you know, different reasons. And then sometimes those reasons change and it's okay to give up that spot to someone else. Um, yeah. And it's not, it doesn't make you a bad person. It doesn't make them a bad person. It just means that, you've gone in different directions and that's okay.
0: Totally. And like, I, uh, you know, I tend to um, internalize that on a, on a spiritual soul level too, you know, um, or the law of attraction, if you want to bring that in as well. Like we do come into each other's lives for a reason and you learn from each other. And then if you do feel as though you've outgrown them, that's okay. Um, and I know you and I have had similar experiences. Like we met in year seven and we did we did school with each other. And I remember when uh, we, we moved from one suburb to another, but it was a good like 50 minutes away. Um, and it was more metropolitan going from sort of suburban countryside to metropolitan for me. And um, I had a lot of sort of middle school, <laughs> um, adolescence, uh, mental health stuff with finding new social friends and things like that and being accepted in year eight and um, You helped me through a ton of that stuff. I remember being on the phone to you so much Um, Yeah, and it was the it was a saving grace in my life at the time and I'm so grateful to you uh, For you to this day for that period of my life because I don't really know who I would have turned to friendship wise um, For the empathy that I needed Um, Yeah and we've lost contact over the years, just because life happens. And then uh, by um, synchronicity or coincidence, whatever you want to call it, but we come back into each other's lives. And it's been such a um, blessing to see how both of us have grown into women from little girls too.
1: Absolutely. And I want to come to that and just say one of the things, cause I know you and I have discussed this previously, is one of the things I think that we, we did grow apart because our values and the way that the things we were wanting out of life were very, very different. And that was okay. You know, you pursued one area of life, I pursued another. And then um, both of us were going into personal development, I think, unbeknownst to the other one. And then yeah. you posted on Facebook about a book you were reading and I commented on that. And so we came back <laughs> into each other's lives because the... Um, the values within our lives in regards to personal development actually coincided. So we kind of did like this weird together, apart to get yeah. together. Um, <laughs> we definitely you know, did. Yeah. And so, and it's amazing. Like you were talking a little while ago about, you know, the, the small threads that, you know, allow us to be here on the, this earth and be in contact with other people. <laughs> that Facebook post is actually what brought us back together. And if yeah. you hadn't posted that, you know, I may not be here now. <laughs> On the yeah. podcast, let's be good really old... clear. On the oh.
0: <laughs> yeah, right now talking to each other. Yes, no, totally. Yeah. That's how I interpreted that. That's fine. That's good. Um, That's good. But I was going to say, you know, oh, good old Facebook, good old social media. But um, as much as there are a lot of downsides to technology and social media and the addiction that we all tend to have to our devices, um, it there, there are a lot of positives like that that have come uh and brought us back together you know um like you said that opportunity of that post on facebook was was a chance to reach out and say hey what's that thing you're reading um and yeah no it's really good and even um i saw a meme recently uh i was bored last night trying to entertain myself and looking up memes and i saw this (laughs) meme about um uh the pandemic And there were two photos and one photo, everyone was on their screens and devices. And the other photo was everyone was out exercising on bikes. And the top photo was like people during normal life. And that's the one when they're on their screens. And then it was like people during the pandemic and everyone's outside exercising. And it was, um, as much as it was funny, it was also really, really freaking true. (laughs) Like, um there's only so much screen time we can have and we're so distracted in life as well so i wanted to ask you is there anything that you do like weekly or on a daily basis that helps you recenter yourself when you might be feeling a bit chaotic
1: yeah absolutely um up until about two years ago in all honesty my answer to everything was to have a nap um (laughs) <laughs> and feeling sad have a nap feeling happy have a nap feeling hungry I actually have a nap. remember you doing that t-
0: and telling really? me I remember
1: <laughs> yes like it, it is not a lie like I think I had a reputation I'd go over to my friend's house as a nap like honest to god I had <laughs> that I would nap at their place yeah um very very well known napper within my friendship circles and within everyone's circles um <laughs> but I say that up until recently because I don't know I think working full-time has just there's more things that have come into my life and I still love napping don't get me wrong but there's other avenues as well so one thing I find is that podcasts and reading um personal development books has been really really or um I oh, wonder like leadership development, mindset books. That's actually how I want to reframe it. Um, it has been really, really helpful. And it's one of those things where there's so many times that I go, I do not feel like listening to a podcast. I yeah. really don't. I don't want to, I don't feel like it. I want to sit on my couch and binge watch Lucifer. Um, just in case you can't <laughs> tell, that's what I'm binge watching at the moment. Yes. Um, but I know that um, after the podcast, I feel so much better. I feel so much empowered. Whereas if I sit on the couch and binge watch anything for six hours, I feel so crappy about myself. I feel mm-hmm. I actually feel sick. I feel hungover. I feel yuck. Um, you know, I feel flat, and so. Even though I don't want to, and there's something I mentioned to you, which is emotions are indicators, not dictators, dictate- and this feeds into it. You go say that again for I- the
0: listeners, but slowly. I want everyone to take that in because when you mentioned this to me yesterday, it it was another aha moment for me. So <laughs> say it again.
1: Um, emotions are indicators, not dictators. So. i gave a thumbs um, up to nikki then that's why she laughed (laughs) um it's totally fine to feel how you're feeling and your feelings are valid but they're not necessarily accurate of the truth of what's happening in your life so i know with myself personally if i'm feeling upset i will actually tell myself stories and um Be stories about oh my goodness this probably person's probably thinking this and then they're doing this because of this and my brain goes off on those tangents you know those arguments you have with yourself in the shower
0: <laughs> yes and we're, we're, we're all classic storytellers as well and it's also our ego that needs to put a reason to every single thing that we can't absolutely. understand so we go into that narrative mindset yeah
1: absolutely um and so but the other thing is and I was listening funnily enough, to a podcast and I was talking to someone and they said, I don't like to exercise. I like to have had exercise. And so the feeling, the endorphin rush and, you know, the feeling of, um, you know, uh, achievement after you have done something we all really enjoy. And so it's part of that, you know, going, recognizing the fact that I feel like binge watching TV But the consequences that it will have is not good for me. So the reality is even though I don't feel like it, I need to not do it. I don't feel like going for a walk and listening to a podcast. But the reality is I feel amazing afterwards. So it is the best thing for me to do. And that's what I mean by indicators, not dictators. They can indicate my feelings. Yep, absolutely. But they do not dictate your actions. I like
0: to sort of... um... Uh, I'd love to relay those points back in a sense that I view, I like to view those sorts of things as like vegetables or junk food. So like you may not feel like going for a walk and listening to a podcast and that's like the equivalent of eating your greens. It's like you the consequences of doing that and the effects of that are so much more beneficial long-term than if you are to sit down on the couch and you feel like watching, like binging Netflix, like that's that instant gratification of like that junk food feeling. Like you want that instant sort of pleasure. But then afterwards, like you said, you feel hungover, you feel lethargic, you feel flat. Um, So just in case that helps someone out there, I tend to think of like reframing it as in like, what's going to be good for me, my greens, like going for a walk or exercising or what's going to be bad for me, like my junk food, it might be great in the moment, but it's not that good for you afterwards. So, yeah.
1: Absolutely. And I think for me, like my personal, my personal development journey, like there's been a couple of things that have really come out of that. And one of my things is I was a chronic um, I'm going to say feeler, like emotion. I would get so caught up in my emotions and go, oh, I don't feel like that. I just want to lie on the couch. And I would honestly let my emotions rule me. They would bring me down to a withering blob in fetal position on the couch. Like, and I would, I actually, and this is something I discovered about myself, I think a year or two ago, is I really enjoy wallowing. I enjoy wallowing in my emotions. Love How a good misery. What? <laughs> Because it's like, you know, it makes me feel good to be giving my emotions so much attention. And so one of the things that I've been working really hard on over the last couple of years is actually putting into practice the whole um, strat- or the, the whole theory of emotions are indicators, not dictators. And I'm still definitely not amazing at it i was talking to a girlfriend um yesterday actually and she was in chronic amount of pain she kept dislocating her jaw she was just like you know call reaching out to friends to saying hey keep me in your thoughts today because i am in so much pain dislocating your jaw wait what i don't know the full story but basically she's got like um she was there's something wrong with her tooth or a muscle and her jaw dislocates anyway, but because she'd stretched a muscle oh. or something, whatever right. a jaw dislocate, it would have copious amounts of pain. Right. So the moral of the story is she was in a lot of pain. Okay. Um, and, but she still, she did some, she did work. She didn't call in sick to work. She still did teaching. She's a university lecturer. She listened to three audios. She did some reading. She coaches and mentors people. So she reached out and did that. Mm-hmm. She did stretching with me and stretching, you know, when we're trying to do the splits at the moment. So that's not comfortable. Yes. You know, you got to breathe did... through that. Keep your brain calm yeah. through the stretching. Yeah. <laughs> she had a conversation with someone who um, was, which was what not what not not what she needed emotionally at that time, and she was recounting a day to me, and I'm like, "Holy cow! Everything that you achieved while being in that much pain—like, yeah—you were just the epitome of humanity. Like, oh my goodness! <laughs> it was, and it was literally like we had the conversation. She is actually embodying the mantra of emotions are indicators. She's like, "Yeah." Oh, and she went for a two k run. Like, what?
0: This is insane. <laughs> She's like well, superhuman. I- she probably, um, I mean, to counter counteract the pain she was in, she obviously, number one, needed a distraction from the pain and also doing as much as she could to alleviate the pain. So going for a run is kind of like that endorphin rush, you know, um, the natural sort of um, pain relief that the body can give us hormonally.
1: Yes, I think the like, I think on top of that, the bigger thing was that, you know, she'd made those commitments to those actions for herself. So she's yeah. committed to that every day. She's committed right. to help people. She's she'd committed to having that conversation with that person. And she's just like, well, it has to be done. And <laughs> like, I'm not, That's very advocating, impressive. <laughs> I'm not advocating to not look after yourself. Like I'm really not, you know, there'll be days that you need to have a day for yourself and definitely do
0: that. And also um, to not feel I, guilty about that. Because we live in a world where productivity is like wearing a medal around your neck. Um, Absolutely, yeah. and I don't want to be one.
1: I don't want to be advocating that. But it was like the reason that I brought that up is to go not for people to listen and go, oh my goodness, that girl's crazy, but to see for me in that was as I said the embodiment of that strategy of going um, or that mantra of going we don't have to listen to our emotions and for so long a lot of my um i hated feelings because feelings made me feel things which you know did not help with my mental health and my depression and so it actually helped to bring it all not under control but to kind of put it in a jar and go, yes, my feelings are valid. My feelings are okay, but I don't have to let them rule me. I don't have to let them take over my life. Mm -hmm. Um, so for me, that's been a huge thing. Um, and then another thing that I've been working on is consistency. So for me, you know, doing those things every day that I know help me, even though I don't feel like it. So as I said, going for a walk, listening to podcasts, reading, um, You know, doing something health wise, whether it's stretching, whether it's yoga, whether it's Mm -hmm. like having a smoothie—something that makes me feel good—and I'm going to come back to it. I really don't enjoy doing those things, but I enjoy the effect that it has. Yes, yes, that's a big part of it. Yeah, and it's kind of one of those things where, for success, any type of you to have any type of success is like a plant—you have to water it every day. It's not enough to read one book and go, "Yay! Wow! Now I'm a guru." You need to read every single day and like the most successful people in in life in like, you know, in anything, but in life, in anywhere in life. Yeah. They read for a minimum of an hour a day. You know, (laughs) I know successful people who go through a book every day. Bill Gates has one constantly in his bag that he whips out whenever he can. And I think if we want to be successful in any arena, absolutely any arena, and that includes mindset, then you need to act like a successful person. And when you look at what they do um, and whether you're talking about, um, you know, uh, I've just had uh, Tony Robbins, whether you're talking about any of like, you know, the mentoring gurus, whether you're talking about businesses, business gurus, like um, Darren Hardy is one of the biggest entrepreneurs in America and he um, created success magazine. Um, Sorry, um, because
0: we're on a zoom call. Was it Darren Hardy? yeah Darren
1: Hardy he is um so he created success magazine he's written some great books one of them is called the compound effect and it's about little changes snowballing I think I can't remember if I gave that one to you you did Um,
0: (laughs) yeah I was like wait a second I think that's on my shelf like I should probably like pick it up and read it um I I am at the point of my uh pandemic journey where I have lost a ton of motivation for content and I do usually listen to a lot of podcasts and a lot of like self-development self-help whatever you want to call it but just improving oneself understanding how the brain works etc how the body works and i have really kind of come to like a full stop and a bit of a halt with that um so um yeah no it'll be really good actually you're perfectly reminding me to jump back onto those um channels on youtube etc and I wanted to add to what you were saying in terms of, you know, successful people read every day. Um, I've never really traditionally thought of myself as a reader. So I think it's important as well for people to, uh, it's, it comes back to being self-aware and knowing yourself well enough as to what works best for you. So I'm more of a visual learner and um, I can listen to a one hour Podcast or interview on YouTube, and if there's a visual there, because I like to see faces and I like to take in the individual who's talking and get a visual on them, um, and that works for me. So find what works for you, and you know, the access we have to, however, however sort of a learner you are, get on YouTube. We, we all have access to the internet. If you don't, I'm really sorry, and you should change that. But. <laughs> Um, if you don't, you're not listening to this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you know, uh, <laughs> maybe share Wi-Fi with your neighbour or something like that. But um, you know, uh, make it happen for yourself. It's so accessible, and you'll get so so much out of it. But um, I did just want to slowly bring the conversation and to uh, we'll just wrap things up slowly is what I'm trying to say. There can't string two words. Yeah which is what we need when you're on a podcast. Uh. <laughs> um, but uh, I wanted to mention, you, you had a really good book recommendation, which was Mindset by Carol Dweck. Um, can you give us yeah. a, a bit of a summary to that for those who may want to um, have a little bit of some reading content during their time?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, I don't have just one book recommendation. I've got many, but
0: um <laughs> Oh, we can talk um, about book recommendations till the cows come home for sure. But I think um just so we don't overwhelm people.
1: <laughs> oh yeah, absolutely. So I've got mindset um, here and I was telling Laura about it yesterday. It's by Dr. Carol Dweck. I first came across it in the education circles because she is Um, I don't want to misquote it and say that she started my um, growth mindset and fixed mindset, but I know that she was instrumental in it becoming um, very big and Mm. it's something that's used a lot in school. So that's when I first became aware of her Um, and then I was actually recommended to read it by someone and my first thought was, it is a book by a professor, it's going to be so boring. Um, it is amazing. Like it's in it's in very normal language, and right. she actually writes it kind of conversationally. So it's really in terms of reading material, it's a really easy read. Right. Um, and what she talks about is that it's not abilities and talent that brings it brings us success, but the way that we approach our goals and our mindset behind it. So obviously, the book being mindset, it's all about your mindset and how that can lead you to success. Mm -hmm. she gives a lot of examples in it um, about what it might look like and she gives you um, tools to find out whether you're fixed or growth mindset now obviously that can be quite scary particularly if you are a fixed mindset person because then you're like oh i'm fixed mindset i'll never change um and she kind of shows you how you can grow past that so it's not that you're one or the other like Mm -hmm. i know in some ways that i've got a growth mindset but there are other ways that i am very very fixed Um, (laughs) And so it's just, it's, yeah, it's really, really good reading. I would highly recommend that. Um, I was going to add to I just that want to quickly, say, if you don't mind, Laura. Oh, yeah. I was just going to say um, that you were talking about um, losing motivation. And I totally understand that, especially we're getting to the end of the pandemic. Everyone's so flat. Well, hopefully at the end of the pandemic. Um, but two <laughs> books that I love that um, help combat motivation is, um, as I said, The Compound Effect by Darren Hardy and there's another one called Atomic Habits and I think it's by James Clear. Um, both of them talk about, like motivation is a big M word. By the and- way,
0: listeners, I'll put the recommendations of the books and the details in the description. So don't stress if you're writing it down <laughs> and things like that.
1: Um, yes, but she, um, sorry, not she, they are great books for, Um, helping you develop habits for success and just the little things, because often we hear habits don't work after 30 days, 90 days, 120 days. Like Mm. I've heard all of those and habits and forming new habits can be really, really overwhelming um, or creating new positive actions or bringing yourself motivation. So those two books are really great um, tools and strategies. It's like a workbook it's not a workbook, but they work like a workbook. You can implement the strategies straight away, and they're really, really easy reads. So, highly,
0: highly recommend those ones. I already know. <laughs> I want you. I want you to come back on the podcast because <laughs> there's just so much more I can sense that you have to share, and I also want to know about it too. Um, and I'm sure, <laughs> I'm sure other people want to know about it as well because, you know, the people like you and I that have put in the hours and the self exploration. And um, it really, really, really does take a long time um, and a commitment to oneself that being able to compile all of this into conversations in a podcast scenario, someone can listen to this and really get a ton out of it. Um, Even if it is that they go, hey, that sounds really interesting. And they they take that one thing and do their own personal research and um, sort of like planting the seed into someone's psyche of a positive thing. And then they can then nurture that and let that grow for themselves because I mean, we can, we can create an entire podcast series around what is success. Um, But I think, I think one of the main points that you're trying to drive home there with motivation is a lot uh, like the biggest thing really to do with success is um, you need to know where you want to end up. So have a goal, then you need to know how to execute the goal. And then it's actually the motivation and the follow through and the consistency to then, once you get to the other side of it um, on a long-term basis of building whatever you're building within yourself, whether it's a business or just something to improve upon. Um, yeah, definitely the motivation part. Cause without that, you got nothing. <laughs> but um, was there anything else you wanted to add? Um, no,
1: I got in my two book recommendations, so I'm happy. Um. <laughs> that's good. That's um, good. <laughs> <laughs> um, by the way, I get no royalties at all from
0: that. Let's just be really, really clear I just really- <laughs> <laughs> we're not sponsored) <laughs> I wish that I was sponsored. We will be one day, possibly. Let's just, you know, let's let's manifest that. Put it out there into the podcast that we're always open for sponsorships and um, for any sort of like um, monetization. Hey, we're we're here for it. So <laughs> absolutely, absolutely, no.
1: It's been a real pleasure being on here and just having this discussion with you. I've really enjoyed it and the candidness and just like the the authentic, the authenticness, I know the real word's authenticity, but it's not quite the right word for what I'm trying to express. So yeah. just authentic dialogue between us um, has been, I really appreciate it. So thank you so much
0: um, for this opportunity. It's been great. My pleasure. And um, you know, this is your chance now, if you want to plug anything that you're doing whether it is anything over Zoom these days, um Instagram, Facebook, etc. And um people can come join you on the socials. So go go ahead. <laughs>
1: uh oh my goodness. I actually don't have anything really um that I put like groups or anything. Um that but you are more than welcome to hit me up on Facebook. You will have to get to me through Laura um on Instagram I'm I'll put it, I'll put it in the description box. I was about to say, I don't even know my Instagram handles. <laughs> well, we can put it in there. Um, but yeah, totally if you're, fine. If you're interested in discussing more about anything that I've said, send um, her messages. <laughs> yeah, but also, and I want to end, I'm like, we don't have to end on this, but I want to finally just say that, um, coming back to mental health and I know that there's a lot out there of people saying, yeah, you can contact me if you need to. And it can be really scary. You've heard Laura and I spend like half an hour, 40 minutes talking about mental health. And so if you are looking for someone who can encourage action, can hold your hand or just be a bit listening ear, we may not know each other. Please feel free to hit up either one of us. 100%.
0: Really, really, really. It's really,
1: yeah. And, um, you know, we are completely, as you've heard by the amount of cackling, Um, In the podcast, we are completely utterly approachable, Um, but it is something that is really really close to my heart. About um, in regards to that, and I want you to know, and I may not know you personally, but you as a person have value, and Mm. that is one thing I a hundred percent mean. And I say that even if you don't
0: feel like you have value, you actually do. And if you don't know what value is, you can reframe it to worthiness. And again, even if you don't feel like you're worthy or you don't even know what worthiness is like you are worthy
1: yeah and if that's something you're struggling and i'm sorry going to throw you under the bus here laura please feel free to hit up either one of us um <laughs> you know and even if you like me better than laura feel free to say hey laura can i call's
0: details <laughs> um like hey laura I love you but uh, what's her number
1: <laughs> what's nikki's
0: number
1: yeah no, yes um but yeah in all seriousness hit. um reach out please. out please yeah, do. please do and um, but even if you want to talk about personal development or anything that i've spoken about please reach out totally friendly really yes. lovely i promise um
0: <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> she's great everyone
1: yeah. um that's my plugging
0: <laughs> yeah and you know stay tuned for future podcasts with nikki being on uh on the show because like i said we have a lot more to talk about but um uh, yeah so we'll just leave it there and um, thank you so much again and I love you friend to friend. Um, and I'm so glad to see how you've blossomed over the years
1: oh thanks you too lovely <laughs>
0: Thank you for listening to today's podcast. You can find more information on the podcast and other episodes on our Instagram at lifestyle.mindfulnesswithlaura. We publish podcasts weekly, so stay tuned for the next one. Have a beautiful day or evening and keep stepping into your authentic self.